I just noticed this is my first podcast for 2022. Had a little COVID, but everyone is bouncing back. So let's start the new year with the basics. How do you start unschooling? You've weighed it all out. You're not 100% confident because good parents seem to second guess themselves all the time, right? But you're doing it. You've decided. And then what? What do you do if you don't lay out curriculum or morning baskets? That's what I want to give you here today, the starting place. I'm Sue Patterson, and this is the Unschooling Mom to Mom podcast. I come here each week, or try to, to give you a quick pep talk about unschooling, usually under 10 minutes. That's about all we have time for, right? But I want you to know that unschooling really does work. You just have to get your fears figured out, moved out of the driver's seat. So when you first start to think about how to unschool, it's scary for most of us. We're so used to relying on experts to handle everything. The idea of taking responsibility for ourselves usually doesn't sit that well with us. We've been conditioned to believe that we're not really capable and we need those experts. But that's simply not true. Your children learn to walk and talk without formal instruction. They can learn so much with you as a partner and a guide. And what makes unschooling great is that they won't just learn a collection of facts they may or may not ever need. They will amass a collection of knowledge that's unique for them. That's what a truly individualized education is. So for those still nervous, ask questions. Read about unschooling and de-schooling and how people overcome obstacles. And then jump in. So here are seven things to do when you first start unschooling. I'll move through these kind of quickly, but I have resources to help you with each one. I'll put the links in the show notes. Number one, take all your cues from your child. They will tell or show you what their interests are, and then you will know what the next step is. Don't be swayed by the marketing powers of curriculum. You don't need them to tell you what your child is interested in learning more about. Spend the first few weeks observing them. Notice their rhythm. Notice your own. Are mornings pretty active or do you need a bit of an on-ramp for your day? This is the time to learn more about how your kids move through the world without you orchestrating everything. Number two, play a lot of games. Play with whatever interests them. This, too, will give you a lot of clues about what they like, and it helps foster a connection between the two of you. If they struggle with losing games, try more cooperative ones, where it's a team effort to get everyone to win. Maybe it would be fun to snag a new game every month, or plan a weekly game night, or keep dice or cards or paper and pencils in a basket on the table. You know, access matters a lot, too. And if games aren't their thing right now, think about ways to be more playful as you go about your days with them. Number three, connection is the top priority. Knowing that connecting with your kids is that most important thing that you can do as far as unschooling goes. When they can turn to you for help and advice without worrying that you're trying to manipulate or mold them or take something away, then they really get to thrive with unschooling. Remind yourself of this as you're interacting with them. Think about what you're asking or saying to them. Does it help or hurt your connection with them? Number four, 
Look for the learning that's hiding in their activities. Unschoolers recognize that learning really does happen all the time in all kinds of ways. The school version of delivery is only one way and not even the most efficient or effective way. Think about how you learned before and after you were in school. That's what unschooling is like. Notice their hobbies and interests and see what they're learning as they navigate their way through. Number five, don't skip the de-schooling. We're always in a hurry to get to the good stuff, right? And for some reason, many of us feel like de-schooling is some kind of limbo, like we're on a plane on the tarmac waiting for our turn to take off. But it's all part of the process. Read more about de-schooling while the kids are playing. Listen to podcasts about it. This will help you separate the learning from the teaching. Real life from school life. Giantly different perspectives. Number six, what's your home like? Create a happy learning environment. An unschooling nest at home. What makes everyone happy? Rooms can be set up to fit the people in your family and what their interests are. No, it's probably not going to make the cover of a magazine, but it will be the cozy environment where they can really thrive. Also, remember, it's not permanent. Kids grow and change, and so do you, and so do everyone's interests. It may seem really wild right now, and then six months from now, it's not the same. Allowing for that kind of flexibility is a huge benefit for this kind of lifestyle. Make it work for you. And lastly, number seven, remember that learning happens forever for the entire life. You have no finish line that you're trying to race for. Your child has no reason to learn anything in particular by a certain age. I don't remember who coined the phrase, there are no educational emergencies. If someone doesn't know something, and now they need to know. They have so many resources available. And when a person wants to learn something, they retain it. There's no resistance. There's no stopping them. So those are my seven tips to start unschooling or some ideas that you may need to bring back to the front of your mind. So thanks for listening. Happy unschooling. And I'll be back again next week to talk with you.